the McKinsey approach, it's built on an apprenticeship model of learning on the job and learning from mistakes and learning from the people who's come before. So when I made the mistake, of course, my first thought was, oh my God. But (laughs) very shortly, my second thought was, I'm sure we'll get through it. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Welcome leaders. We've got a fantastic podcast tonight. Tina Pan of McKinsey and Company is going to be sharing with us. A lot of you are thinking or potentially thinking about consulting as a step into your future, a step into your future, perhaps to then later on become an entrepreneur. And Tina has some amazing sharing about the life of a consultant and the soft skills that she's learning and being developed at McKinsey, and I know you're going to love this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. I've got Tina Pan, a recent graduate of our program who's with McKinsey and Company with us tonight. Um, the, the, uh, the podcast kept getting delayed. It's now nine o'clock. Tina's still at her client's office, uh, working on a great project. And, and, uh, and thanks so much for making time for us tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm so glad to be here. Well, that's awesome. So, so tell me, um, you know, what you were like before you joined our program, the Student Works program. What was I like before? I mean, I think young, immature, not really, yeah. um, didn't really know what the professional or working world is like. Okay. I was first year in university when I joined the program. Yep. And that I'd say was my first foray into the the real world, so to say. For sure. And and so did you, do you remember what you saw as, you know, your biggest frustrations as a teenager um and before you got started in your business? Biggest frustration as a teenager. I don't know, that's a great question. Um, I guess I remember growing up always having to work for something. For sure. And, you know, when I was very young, uh, I played an instrument all the way growing up. And it was a lot of times when kids were playing outside, I'd have to sit, uh, like, sit in front of the piano. There was a lot of that. And then, and then it more and more so it became a little bit more self-imposed. Okay. So I think that probably that balance piece was always something that I uh, struggled and had to work, had to work on. I could totally see that knowing you. So yeah. Um, and, uh, and what you've chosen to do. So is there anything that you still rely on from the program or any, you know, values or any, you know, concepts that you're still, still rely on uh, today? Oh, I, tons, tons and tons. I, I think that program was, um, was instrumental in, as I say that first step into the professional world, let's say a few key things. First one, for sure, a work ethic. That was, I remember like days during the program um, that we, we had to work really, really hard from all the way from the beginning when we started in the winter and it was cold and snowing outside and having to go knock on doors. Yeah. 
all the way through and all kinds of different challenges that I'd never faced before. Um, I think it, w- it was a it was a great character building and work ethic building program for me. Uh, secondly, I think probably along the lines of how to work with people and how to build relationships and how to have the courage to, to, to do those things and to make the first step. Um, I think for me growing up, one of the things I always struggle with, and I still say I struggle, I struggle with today, that the sales piece of the program was probably the hardest thing for me. Having to go have those conversations was crazily uncomfortable. But getting over that, I think, was a big step. And I certainly use a lot of those skills when I eventually started looking for professional jobs and having to network and all of that was immensely valuable. Right. For sure. I can totally see that. So I know, I know you, uh, you left the student works program and why don't you just share, you know, what you did and what your career path has been, uh, since your first summer with us, Tina. Sure. So I was with the program in my first year, uh, after my first year of university in the summer. Um, afterwards I was with the university of Waterloo, um, kind of math slash finance accounting program. Um, so we had a serious co-op uh, work terms during the school where I worked at PwC as an audit associate. Right. And then after I graduated, um, I, I think a fairly on, uh, when I got closer to the, to graduation, I think I figured out that it was probably not a long-term career that I wanted to pursue. And then actually a little bit by accident ended up in consulting. I think very fortunately right out of university and has been here since for almost three years. That's great. And, and so what have been, you know, any, any big failures or mistakes or challenges that you've, you've overcome so far? There are a good number of them, I think, big and small. Right. Probably. I mean, and this is probably isn't the question you're asking, which is the biggest uh, mistake, but I'll start with a recent one, which is, and it's much smaller, but at a very recent project that I was at work, sent a very, probably in somewhere along the lines of like inappropriate email to a very senior client that I was working with. Right. And had to work through that a good amount and, and uh, with, with lots and lots of support actually from, I was working with Chris Reynolds at the time, also a graduate of the program. So I've certainly done that, which is a small mistake, um, but fresh in my mind. How do you look at mistakes and how does McKinsey look at mistakes? I think it's, it's kind of part of the course, I think. Yeah. The McKinsey approach tends to be, it's built on an apprenticeship model. Right. Of learning on the job and learning from mistakes and learning from the people um, who's come before. Right. So when I made the mistake, my first, of course, my first thought was, oh my God. And then <laughs> but very shortly, my second thought was, I'm sure we'll get through it. Because Chris had then sent me a very, sent me an email that was like, don't worry about it. Well, we're, we're going to get past it. There's no, there's no question. And then the third thought was in my mind was actually, wow, what a great learning experience. I for sure won't make that same mistake again. Um, and that's kind of all par for the course. Well, that's, well, that's great. Chris is an amazing, amazing person. And uh, I look forward to bringing him on our podcast as well. I know he just made uh, associate partner um, at McKinsey and Company, which, which again, I, I know we're really speaking to a bunch of young leaders, future leaders. And, and, and a lot of times they really don't 
know that much about great organizations like McKinsey. So maybe, you know, sort of share a little bit more about what it's like there and what the work work levels like, because I, you know, uh, and, and just share, you know, what the challenge of the work is, et cetera. And I know a lot of times you can't share specifics because, you know, a lot of the work that you're doing is quite strategic and confidential and competitive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the firm, or I guess the management consulting as, a, as an industry in general is, people would describe it as it's like a doctor for businesses, right? You get, it's a professional services firm, but you get brought in to most of the clients we serve are, are big corporations, Fortune 500 companies um, that have a problem they're trying to solve. And that problem could be across the range of what they need. You know, historically, I've done a lot of strategic type work, but also um, nowadays, a lot of organizational uh, talent type work, operations type work across the gamut of they have a problem and they bring in uh, management consultants to solve it. Right. So our work, it tends to be project-based. You move from one client, one project to the next. And you're set up in a team, uh, McKinsey team, working with a client team to solve that problem kind of full-time. Right? So our, our kind of day-to-day ends up being a combination of, if you talk really tactically, a, good, a lot of Excel, a lot of PowerPoint, um, and the work there tends to be what we call like problem solving, right? Thinking, thinking in a structured way, uh, doing conceptual or analytical analyses to, to get to the bottom of the question. Um, and then ranging to having all kinds of meetings internally with clients to communicate, um, to get feedback, to move forward. So that kind of is what I say day to day. Well, that's great. And then obviously in the first year and the second year, you're always likely working under someone at this level in your third year, et cetera. You know, would you have people who are now working under you? You know, at what, what, you know would you be dealing directly with the senior people or what level are you now at, Tina? Right. Um, so I'm now at the engagement management, engagement manager level, which is so in our team setup, there's usually an engagement manager who's the day-to-day lead on the project at the client. Right. And then a team of a few consultants and, and then above their leadership, associate partners, partners who are uh, straddling a few different projects and, and uh, coming and going and providing guidance. In leadership. Yeah. And what sort of hours do you put into your role just for our young leaders thinking about consulting? Yeah. Um, Somewhere, I probably average maybe, let's say, 60 hours a week. Okay. We, Monday to Friday is kind of fair game, whenever. Um, but we actually try really hard not to work weekends. Okay. And we succeed, actually, most of the time. Wow. And I lifestyle and balance tends to be a big, big topic. of People trying to think about how to work a demanding job, uh, but making it sustainable with the life that they lead outside of the work. That's awesome. I know we try to do the same thing. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, the, you know, the work hard, play hard and have fun. And, you know, again, it's, it's just, we just tend to have a big engines. We like to work. And then on the other hand, we know we want a great life too, right? So you want to enjoy the weekend, enjoy things, you know, uh, and, and, and have a, have a real life, obviously not that it's just about business all the time. So 
so just in terms of the the Fortune 500 clients and, and things, like have you seen things? Like have you learned things like um, about about that that world that you know? Do you see long term staying in the consulting space, or do you see going corporate, or do you see starting your own business, or how do you see your future unfolding, Tina? I actually, I don't think, I don't know, uh, for certain, I think. I don't know about the consulting world. I think there's great things to learn and that I have learned and there's there continues to be great things to learn. Um, what, is it the career trajectory for me long-term? I'm not sure. And then in terms of if that's not it, what would I go into? Um, I think there's a few things that, that are swirling in my mind and a few X's that are things that I've, excluded and then there are a few things that I'm still considering. So I can see I can see the corporate world and I've worked with a few companies that I find that I enjoy the culture of and right. what they do seems to be interesting and I can see myself longer term wanting to be there. Um, I also think the other thing that I think about is kind of a more social impact oriented type work, whether it's nonprofit organizations. Um, that type of thing, that could be really interesting. One of the greatest passions I've developed uh, being at McKinsey was, so last year I had, I had the gr- a great pleasure of writing kind of this piece of research on gender equality in Canada. Ah. And we kind of published the report. It actually had, had great reviews and uh, Justin Trudeau had mentioned it all kinds of different uh, Davos and then it was cited in the federal budget and all that. Um, so that has kind of sparked a great interest for me along those lines of what people do. And I could definitely see myself wanting to follow that passion, whether it's actually in a full-time work capacity or still in an extracurricular capacity. Um, either way, I think it'd be something great to follow through with. Awesome, awesome. And as an aside, would you mind sending me that study or that report that you wrote? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that'd be wonderful. All the better sharing our research. <laughs> well, that's great. No. And so one thing that always, I've I've spent really my entire career here, um, and I guess uh, we've done some other entrepreneurial activities. So what have you found differently in the different cultures? What's been different? What have you felt? Or how's that show up, you know, just for someone who really hasn't seen that? I think... There's actually, I think, quite a short, stark contrast from McKinsey to corporates in general. Mm-hmm. Professional services, of course, that type of work implies a certain type of uh, working model right? that tends to be demanding. But also, um, I think we we have a lot of actually great habits and working styles that are very efficient that um, clients are not used to. And a lot of times go in um, and they're, they are not uncomfortable with the, the, the pace that we're working at and the way that we drive forward. forward. So this, that's something that I think about that. It, would, I, would I be happy with that if I went to corporate? And then also you see differences in culture and, and their talent development um, and how they handle all of that. Um, I think is you know, probably folks listening to this podcast is, is people who want to develop and who want to grow that personal development piece and what the what the company can offer you yeah is yeah. a big criteria when we look for jobs and McKinsey certainly I think is brilliant at this piece of really focusing on the people focusing on a 
on where are the areas you can grow, what are the strengths you should capitalize on. And it's not always apparent um, in some of the corporate roles. Yes. So uh, also something that I think about. Are you enjoying the episode so far? I'm sure you've heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I've always thought that saying was inaccurate. I believe more accurately, it's who you know, who think highly of you and would be willing to refer you. I want to let you know, I put together an amazing package for you. The four referability habits advantage. These habits are so powerful that when followed, they completely change the game for people and allow them to operate on a whole other level. If you're interested in getting your hands on the four referability habits advantage, just jump over to www.leaderspodcast.ca slash habits and download it for free. These habits will help you gain the respect of everyone you deal with so that you can land those important referrals in your life and business. Once again, just go to www.leaderspodcast.ca and download the four referability habits advantage. Now back to our leaders of tomorrow podcast. I hear you. And, and again, something that we share in common, I just, I'm so, I love, you know, developing myself and, and finding opportunities and I could, could have seen myself. I would love to have all the leaders that you have around you to have developed me, you know, that sort of thing. Like that's what really inspires me about the work that you do. Um, and so with that, the development that they do, is it, is it course-like or is it coaching or where's that development and how does that show up, uh, Tina, in your you know, week-to-week, month-to-month role there? Certainly, it's a combination of all of it. There, there is definitely formal programs that we do okay. every year and, and they really craft it well um, to try to meet your needs. But I think that uh, by far the bulk of it comes from the day-to-day apprenticeship and coaching. Um, for us, and that manifests in a couple of ways. First, feedback is is a big, big culture at McKinsey. I do feedback with the folks that I um, that work on my team twice a week, right? And then I do it with my partners and associate partners, and we are always and it's always on their mind, kind of what hey. And we walk out of a meeting with the CEO. They say, "Hey, you did this really well. Here, consider I would consider doing this next time." And all of that. And the second thing I would say that the concept of mentorship and sponsorship is a huge, huge point in McKinsey of the way you progress is through uh, folks mentoring you and sponsoring you. Okay. Having your best interests at heart. And that was actually one of the things I didn't know about the firm before I came. But uh, it's all about people bringing you along, creating opportunities for you and coaching you along the way. Um, And that's how you grow. That's very inspiring for me. I love that. So I can tell as well that they've, they've created a culture where um, good news, bad news, good feedback, bad feedback. It's all great feedback. I can just tell by the way you're sharing, you know, it's, it's like, Hey, there's just an opportunity to get better. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody is so used to it that, Mm -hmm. that it's, People expect it, right? And people want to give it. It's always a two-way street. I tell my partners, here are the things that I think you did that I consider you changing next time, right? But here are the things that I find really inspiring. And I think we can all learn 
from all I'm still learning every day. I want to get better. So you bet. So no, I, I think that's awesome. And again, taking the, you know, as we, we like to sort of say, take the morality out of it, the right and wrong out of it, and just, just be about how do we keep getting better? How do we keep getting better? You know, day to day, week to week, season to season. So I just love that. Um, so if someone was considering venturing, venturing out into the entrepreneurial world, from your perspective, what sort of things would you have them, have them looking at? you know, post-school, you know, that sort of thing. And and you mean if somebody was interested in becoming an entrepreneur and starting a business? Becoming an entrepreneur, yeah. Like like post-student works, you know, post, you know, outside the program. Interesting. Like, I guess I've seen people do it a couple of ways. Um, certainly because of my consulting experience, I've seen people who actually come to consulting for a few, for a little bit, and then uh, go out to start a business and they and they capitalize on their experience like at McKinsey, one through through network, a huge huge network of people that um, they pull on, um, and I find from what I hear, I haven't personally been, but um, being an entrepreneur, that that piece is huge. Of it's a it's a very tight community, and everything from funding to operations to to hiring, all of that kind of depends on your network and um, how can you get the best talent and get the cash for your business. Um, so I certainly, even if, it, whether it's like you, you actually do want to go through consulting and, and then do that or want to start right, right from the beginning, I think building that network is probably the number one thing um, that would be helpful. That's great. And, and then a, a student works question. Like I, I remember there was a bleak day in May, Tina, when you thought about not continuing with the, the program, you know, tell me what you were thinking and what eventually ended up doing, you know, et cetera. Cause I know this program can, or the student works program can be really challenging. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd say I'd, I had multiple days during that program <laughs> where I was like, how am I going to continue? And, and, you know, to varying degrees. Um, and I think the things that always helped me, number one, I think, again, back to kind of the people component, right? My district manager at the time was a huge, huge help. And I always called and asked for advice. And I remember a time, and I think I actually, there was a day when I actually started crying in front of him because of a really tough, a really tough client. And, and he just handled it. And we're like, hey, everything's okay. Yeah. So that was definitely a source of support and source of inspiration for me. And then the second thing I think was just um, a step back and take myself out of the, the moment. Everything seems a little intense and, and over-exaggerated at the moment, in the moment. Um, but when I step back, I think about what I have gotten out of the program up to that date great all throughout the winter and the hard work that I've already put in and what I can see myself getting out of it it's no longer such a big deal right so um I think just being conscious about resetting the mindset pushing through with resilience was probably um, what helped me at that time no, for sure. And, and, and I could only imagine as well that you're faced with a lot of real challenges, you know, in the work that you have. Like, you know, again, I have many friends. One of my sons is, is in the consulting space, you know, was, was with Carpedia, And it's really, really hard. It's just so challenging. And, and again, you know, 
my belief always is what's really, really hard and doesn't kill us <laughs> makes us stronger, right? You know, and 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 there really is something to that. Yeah, and absolutely. And I and I think about so many things that I've learned as student works continues to be applicable through my daily life today. Like the two things I talked about helped me at the time is probably still the two things that helped me today through tough situations, right? Finding people that will support me um, and talk me through things and help me. And then uh, taking a step back and resetting my own mindset. Yeah. And just kind of going, hey, breathe. It's okay. So Tina, it's, it's you know, 9.30 at night, still at the office and, and going and making a contribution and helping an organization and a bunch of young leaders. So what a huge give back. So I'm so appreciative. But one final question, um, you know, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? I actually think about challenging ourselves to be a different type of leader than what we've seen in the world, right? I think there, there are tons and tons of leadership attributes and characteristics that have been successful to date. But at the same time, there are new ways of being a leader that could transcend what we've had before and continue to help us stay, stay at the forefront in this kind of changing world. And a few things that come to, to mind that, that I think are more important now than ever before. I think the ability to listen and respond to people around you, I think that characteristic is becoming more and more important. Um, and of course, the kind of the, the things that I've always proven to be true, right? Um, kind of that uh, self-motivation and discipline to stay ahead and to, I guess, also to know what you don't know and what people can help you be and you can help them be. I think are all of the things that I think about. Well, that's awesome. It's, it's really neat, Tina. Obviously, McKinsey is analytically driven and spreadsheets and, and all this. And, and all I'm hearing from you is, is the people aspect, right? The listening, the connecting, the networking, the developing of relationships, the standing back and breathing and thinking, right? Like, isn't that really, really powerful? And obviously why McKinsey and company is so amazing, right? Just because they've got the left brain and the right brain both going, you know, full bore. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think personally for myself, that's probably the harder part, right? Like, and the analysis and all of that can be learned. Mm -hmm. I think the, the other side of it, the people side of it is what's much harder and you have to keep honing on. Yeah, for me, it's just a never-ending uh, opportunity for development, right? Just building out your heart, building out your senses, building out your learning and development. That's the softer side, right? But but it really is such a such an opportunity. And again, I think as well, if we look further, you know, artificial intelligence coming and more and more worldwide competition, you know, what's really going to set people apart? You know, the future leaders is is all these, you know, soft skills. You know, that's what I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for making the time. Um, I'm not sure if you know, but John and Chris are friends. John England and Chris. Yes, I did hear. I actually, I saw John a few months ago when he was kind of out looking for new things. And he was saying, yeah, that he had um, spoken to Chris as well. It's funny how small a world it is, right? Like, it's great. It's, you know, treat people well because you'll bump into them again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and for sure, Student Network, Student Works has been a great 
gift for me in the sense of building um, skills, but also kind of on the people side. Yeah, you know, I still run into all kinds of people, so. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tina. Again, I really appreciate your time tonight. Continued success. I know we'll stay in touch. Great. Thank you so much. Okay. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hey, leaders. We've got a ton more interviews like this one coming up in the next few weeks. So if you're listening and you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to Leaders of Tomorrow. If you enjoy our content, please give us a share on your Facebook feed, or better yet, tell your three most driven and entrepreneurial friends about this podcast so they can join us in discovering what set these powerful business leaders apart from the crowd at such a young age.